Hey, I'm Eric from Alabama. And I'm Jerry in Boston. We want to welcome our listeners from the United States and around the world. It's another Sunday podcast. I'm much too young to feel this damn old. Happy Sunday, my friend Eric. And to you, my friend Jerry. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm better than I deserve, but I am much too young to feel this damn old. (laughs) Uh, You're only 59. (laughs) This is true. This is true. Another digit ticks off. Good Lord. Closer and closer to retirement. Man, what a week. What a week. How, how was your week? Uh, it was all right. What'd you do? Anything exciting? Uh, I worked. That was, that was about it. What did you do this week? Pretty much work. Um, busy. Busy week at work this week. Uh, and that was a four-day week, and that's probably why. So I took Monday off for um the birthday thing and so crammed five days worth of work in the four days so it was a little bit busy but uh but good it was good good just another week of staying out of trouble trying anyway that's a lot of work for me it is you're right you're right hey you know i did something this week that i haven't done in 16 months Get your mind out of the gutter, people. I went grocery shopping in a grocery store. I haven't done that in 16 months. Most of my groceries since the pandemic started were through like Amazon Fresh or those types of delivery services. But I stepped foot back into a a grocery store. You probably remember remember when you were up here, Market Basket. Yes, and that was the biggest grocery store I've seen. Interesting. I I know when I was down there, you have you have the the Super Walmart, which we don't have here, where you have everything from your department store items right to your grocery store. Then Market Basket was still big, huh? Well, I mean, Walmart. Yeah, I mean, it's got everything, but that is the biggest grocery store, like something that sold nothing but groceries that I've ever seen. One of the popular ones up here, we've got several different chains here that they don't have down south. But then again, you have like Piggly Wigglies, right? They have those in Alabama. Yeah. Um, Meyer, I think, was one I saw down south. Up here, Market Basket seems to be one of the biggest. We got Shaw's is another one. Stop and Shop is another one. Those are some of the the bigger name grocery stores. But Market Basket is pretty it's pretty big. This particular one here has thirty checkout lines. But you want if if you if it's groceries and you want it, that's the place to go. So, well, so. 
Another thing, I don't know if y'all have those up there, but down here we have Dollar Generals. Like every little town has a Dollar General. And the other day I went to go and get something from the Dollar General and I felt I felt like an idiot. Because um did you have to ask what the price was? No. Okay. But, well no, in, in Dollar General everything's not a dollar. Oh. Okay. But then, then I'm I'm the biggest idiot then. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I went to go. Uh, I have one of those little prepaid deals. Um, but I'm sitting there in line, and these two little high school girls come up behind me, and they're in line behind me, and they just walk right around me. And they go to the self-checkout that's staring me right in the face. That's sitting right there. I've never seen a self-checkout in a Dollar General before. And they just paid for their stuff, self-checkout, and then they left. And I'm still sitting there waiting on like the three people in front of me. And I'm sitting there going, what? (laughs) I've never seen a self-checkout in a Dollar General. And... You know, and not just that, like, I I never thought, oh, there might, you know, I I should look around or whatever. I'm just sitting there waiting on the the people in front of me or whatever. So I felt like an idiot. (laughs) I don't don't think that's that bad. I mean, we have um, self-checkouts are making their appearances here. Of course, in a lot of supermarkets here, you can't buy beer and wine. I do remember... In somewhere down south, where you can buy beer and wine in supermarkets, here in Massachusetts, we have what they call package stores, or we refer to them as packies. I'm going to run over to the packy and get a six pack or a bottle of something. There is some, there are some supermarkets here now in Massachusetts that can that can sell beer. And wine, but for the most part, it's package stores or liquor stores. Um, New Hampshire, you can buy beer and wine in the store, but you can't buy hard liquor. You can only buy that in a state liquor store, which, by the way, are located on the highway, which is the strangest thing when you think about it. Liquor stores on a major highway. Think about that. Didn't you tell me there was one with a drive-through? They have drive-throughs. I don't know if there's a drive-through liquor store in this state. I did see them in Kentucky, where you just drive in and you go up to the speaker and say, "Give me a case of Bud," and okay, go to the next window. <laughs> can Can you get it in a, like a to-go cup? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Anyway. Uh, Dollar Generals, I don't believe we have them in this state. I could be wrong. Um, I know in our town we have a Dollar Tree, same idea. But everything in the Dollar Tree, I believe, is a dollar. My neighbor, who is very talented when it comes to building things, he he builds birdhouses out of uh, scrap wood. A neighbor threw a bedroom set out. He took the headboard and parts of the side of the bed, the wooden parts, and he built birdhouses out of them. And he gets all his paint and other little things at the idolatry. 
he'll buy these uh, little lights, these LED lights and things for a buck. So I've, I've never been in the store, but they tell me everything's a dollar. And I believe he told me that he got melatonin <laughs> for a dollar. And it's like $10 at the CBS or something. Anyway, bore our audience with that. But just, uh, you know, the difference between the different uh, stores and things that you have, like where you're at down in the Birmingham area to what we have up here, just just different names for the same the same yeah. type of, of, uh, of things. And I think the names are more creative. I mean, Stop and Shop is nice, but Piggly Wiggly, I mean, is really, you know. First time I saw that, I thought I had. I thought honestly, first time I ever saw a Piggly Wiggly was in Memphis, Tennessee, and I thought it was a like a pork store. I thought you got. <laughs> I thought you got pork product from it. I'm not kidding. And then somebody said, "No, it's a it's a it's a grocery store." It's like yeah. Well, and like uh, oh, uh, what was the the you had an abbreviation for the store? Oh, the Packy. You know, like down here, we just call it the pig. I'm going over to the pig. Mm, yeah, yeah. We have things. We we have things like that um, up here. There's so many different um, names that we we shorten. You know, again, like the packy or I'm going up to Dunks to get a coffee. Right, Dunkin' Donuts. I'm going to Dunks. Mickey D's. Um, which is probably nationwide. I mean, you know, nationwide. But yeah. we do have those uh, strange names for uh, for things. But anyway, so you were um, you were telling me off the air here that you're going to be back to doing drum lessons. That's pretty I cool. Am. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. How many uh, um, How many students you got? I think six, I think. Um, so, but I'll start back soon here. You'll be doing that at the um, Arts Council? Yes, at the Arts Council. It's just, you know, it's fun. It it, it really is. Uh, and it's good for me as well. You know, when you teach kids how to do drums, you have to be good at it yourself. So... <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I've got to like get back in shape and work on my technique again and like think about all that stuff or whatever. And it, and a lot of these kids, you know, they they grow up with a different era of music than I did. And so their interests are different and it exposes me to different things that I may not normally be exposed to, you know. So and it's funny too how a lot of the kids are are even into the same music that I grew up with, which is not really the music of my generation. It's the music that my parents grew up with. Um, a lot of the kids, you know, they love the old. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I hate to call it old, but the classic rock stuff. You know, the the stuff from the '70s and early '80s, late '60s. Um, they, you know, a lot of the, the young kids growing up still like that stuff because so, it's classic. I mean, you, it, it's, it's awesome music. It's timeless. And, and it, and it's, and it's music, uh, where, you know, you understand the, the word that has a beat to it. It's, it's, uh, it's not full of language and, and it's things that actually, music. yeah. And it, and it tells stories. I've said this 
many times that I, I will, I love to listen to music where an artist is telling a story. So you got a good melody and you can actually close your eyes, listen to the words and and sing along if you want, but you're being taken on a journey. And that's what attracts me to a lot of the artists that I grew up with and, and listened to. And it's funny because when I was probably your age, I'm almost 30 years older than you, I believe, and not quite, but close. But when I was your age, oldies were the 50s and the 60s and just started in the 70s. Classic rock was 70s, um, 80s, and now oldies are 70s. In, yeah. in 80s, <laughs> and classic rock is the night you turn on the classic rock station up here, and it's the 90s. So, right, well, yeah, and I, I have heard a lot of 90s stuff on the classic rock yeah. station. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it this makes, is not classic rock, this is the 90s. You makes, know? <laughs> make, does, it makes you feel old, doesn't it? The approaching, <laughs> it'll be here before I know it. I'll blink and I'll be, I'll be 60. Hey, hey. If I make it that long, yeah, you'll make it that long. It's sixty uh, is not not sixty is not old. I, I can remember when I was your age thinking sixty was old. <laughs> Three hundred and sixty days away from it, it's not that old. <laughs> hey, um, you know, you know, I love uh, Bruce Springsteen, right? Uh, if I haven't ever mentioned that before. So I am, was lucky enough to score, this also happened this week, to score two tickets to see Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. It's a Tony Award-winning show that he does with him, and uh, um, and I believe his wife may sing one or two songs. If folks are interested and cannot get tickets for this, this is the second one. He did this. Prior to the pandemic, for almost a year, I think he was he was there, and in this nine hundred seat theater on Broadway, and you just could not get tickets for it. And he moved to a different theater with I think seventeen hundred seats, and I was lucky enough to be able to log in and get tickets for the shows in I think September is when I'm going to go starts in June and runs until the beginning of September. I think I've got one of the, the show third or fourth from the end. If he, unless he extended, uh, and it's for those who, um, if you, if you don't get tickets and you want to see the show, it is on Netflix. And I believe he's doing the exact same show. I've seen it, but it's just not the same, you know, to be right there. And the seats that I have are, were actually, I uh, got very lucky, uh, somewhat close to the stage. So not the front row, but not far from that. So I was very excited to uh, to be able to score tickets to that impossible. Those tickets are harder to get than Hamilton. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be a cool show. So I'm looking forward to seeing Bruce in September in New York City. It'll be another one of those... Uh, Tours. I think I've seen every tour of his now. Every tour but one. I missed one tour since 1980. Man, you know, I know how much you love Springsteen, and I think 
that's going to be an awesome show. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So I'm excited for you. Well, thanks. And like I said, I've seen it's on Netflix. I have seen it. It's just not the same being being there and um, and being as close as I was. I was able to um, to get tickets to a tour when he was doing a solo tour back a number of years ago. And we picked up tickets. In fact, Tom, our friend Tom from the bowling alley here, um, I took him. It was his birthday, and I took him for his birthday. And we had row D, which when you think of it, hey, that's fourth row. That's pretty damn good, right? Well, row D at the Orpheum Theater in Boston is really row one because the first three rows would be normally used for an orchestra if there was some sort of a musical or something like that. So we had front row, as Tom would say, for Springsteen. And I think he sweat on Tom, and he probably still hasn't washed his face since that night. But anyway, <laughs> it, it, I'm looking forward to it. As you can tell, I'm, I'm very excited. Well, you know what's coming up next, right? We have a new segment, right? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Ride Share segment. Why don't you tell everybody what this segment is? Um, that's where you tell your Uber and Lyft stories, <laughs> right? Correct. Correct. We had some folks who have um, who enjoyed a couple of the stories we told in the past. So you and I have decided that we're going to create a segment called the Rideshare Rideshare Story Segment. And so every episode that we remember to do it, um, I'll share a couple of. Uh, a couple of stories. They could be funny stories. They could be heartwarming stories. They could be boring stories, but they're stories nonetheless. So this week I have a couple, maybe even three that I can share with the audience. Um, this one was an interesting one. I don't drive at night as much as uh, I used to when I first started doing this for a number of reasons. Uh, usually now we'll take the people. So, so there's a personality change when the sun goes down. <laughs> and when you take people to the restaurants or to the bars or to the nightclubs here in Boston, you're usually taking some pretty happy go lucky people. And when you bring them home, there's a different personality sometimes. So this story is about a guy and, um, a girl who I'm going to guess they were probably in their 20s. Um, and I had picked them up at a bar. It was about 1.30 in the morning. And they had been enjoying themselves, let's say, and they probably had a few drinks, a few too many. And they get into the car, and, ta and I'm taking them about 10 or 15 minutes from where the bar was. And again, I think I mentioned before that people forget that there's another person in the car. So they're talking and I'm trying not to listen, but sometimes it's difficult not to listen. But I could hear this guy kind of bragging about, oh, I have this Mercedes or this uh, BMW or something car and I live in the section of Boston that's really rich and, and blah, 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 blah. And the girl was pretty drunk. And she really wasn't acknowledging. I didn't hear much come out of her mouth anyway. And I think I got the impression that he picked her up at the bar, that that he may not have known her. 
and, and I don't recall why I got that impression, but just based on the way he was talking to her and kind of introducing himself and whatnot and bragging about all the stuff that he said he had. And I pull up to the address that, um, that I'm dropping them off at, and he opens up the door. He gets out of the car, he closes the door, and he runs across the front of my car. And he yells and waves to me, and he goes, she's all yours. She's in the back seat of my car. And almost incoherent, just kind of eyes closed, laying back, you know, drunk. And off into the darkness he goes. So I said, um, excuse me, miss, are you, are you getting out here? And she didn't respond. And I said, uh, I, I can take you home. Where do you live? And she mumbled something. And I said, do you have a, a license or an ID or something that I can see that I can get you to wherever you're going if you're not going here? And she did give me her license, and I got the address, and I set the GPS up. And I said, oh, it's about 15, 20 minutes from where we were at the time. Meanwhile, I'm doing a slow burn that this guy just ditched somebody in my car. But I can't just leave her on the street. Not in this condition. So I head over to her address on the license. I pull up and I say, okay, you're home. And I look in the back and I don't see her in the rearview mirror. I turn around and she laid out like a mackerel on the back seat of my car. I get out, of course I have flashlights and whatnot, <clears throat> turn the lights on, I look, and I'm banging on the roof of the car. Hey, 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 wake up, I got the radio cranked up, it's a little after two in the morning now, and I've got the radio cranked up, I'm banging on it, and nothing, and I'm not putting a hand on this person, because I have, you know, no idea, I cannot get her to respond. I take the cell phone out, I dial 911, and I say, hey, I'm a driver, I have a passenger in my car, she's unresponsive. Well, that's a trigger word for send everything you got. Yes. Cruisers coming out of the woodworks, there was a Boston police, I think MBTA police were there, the freaking Royal Canadian Mounted Police showed up, I mean, everybody showing up, the ambulances, fire trucks, the whole nine yards, right? The whole neighborhood is lit up now in blue lights and red lights. They get in the car, and they get her to wake up. Thankfully, she was just drunk. And I had her license and given it to the, to the police. Kid ditched her and whatever. They put her in the ambulance and take her off to the hospital. And then he's like, okay, you're all set. You can go. And, you know, they got all my information. If we need anything, we'll call you. Now I'm looking, and it's probably 2.30 in the morning. This this whole ordeal is now an hour old. It was at that point that I ended the ride. So that nut that left her and ditched her in my car paid for that entire time. From the time I picked <laughs> him up until the time she got put in the ambulance. I then called the company or emailed the company and said, hey, listen, here's the story. I gave him the whole story. If, you know, 
This is um, if he complained that he got overcharged or whatever. This is what happened. They never, never took any money away from me, and they never. Uh, I never heard anything back uh, about that again. And then one more quick story. Um, I had a woman. I picked up. I got the call to go to this restaurant and pick up this this um, the woman. It was a woman who was ordering the ride. And I picked up and a young man and a young woman get in the car and she looked pretty pregnant. And when you don't know where you're taking them, when you do these rides, you don't know where you're taking people until after they get in the car and then you swipe start the ride. And it came up and it said a local hospital. So I've had rides before to take people to the hospital. And I always ask, is this an emergency or, you know, usually they're going to visit somebody or they work there. I did have one one particular girl that showed up in the car bleeding. Um, and when I told her I wouldn't let her in the car, I was going to call 911. She ran into the woods. But uh, still down 911. But in this case, they said, no, my wife's uh, just went into labor. <laughs> and we're going to the hospital. I said, <laughs> do it. And now, I, if the hospital literally was maybe a half mile, mile at the most from where I picked them up. And I said, like, is she going to have this baby in my car? And he's like, no, 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 you know, the contractions are, you know, far enough apart or whatever. I'm like, good Lord. You know, but people, they want to call an ambulance because it's cheaper to get a Lyft ride or an Uber ride. So that's what they, that's what they did. So that's a couple stories from our new segment called, what did you call it? The Ride Share Segment. And every week we'll uh, add a couple of more stories because there is a bunch of them. Well, my friend, I think we've come to the end of this episode. We have had some technical glitches, so I'm going to apologize to the listeners if we weren't able to catch all of them in the edit or if this thing sounds kind of broken up. But it looks like we're having some problems on the recorder here. And uh, and hopefully everything sounded good to you. So then you won't even know, and I shouldn't even have opened my mouth. But we try to be transparent here, don't we, Eric? We try. <laughs> that we do. If you, the listener, have an interesting story to tell us or would like to be a guest on the show or you know somebody who would like to be a guest on the show or would be a good guest on our show, please reach out to us at our email address. It's another Sunday podcast at gmail.com, and we would be happy to have you on the show. Although Eric and I do like to talk to each other and sometimes hear each other's voice, we also get tired of hearing each other. So we want to hear from you. It's another Sunday podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Eric, final word. Eric, final word to you. Roll with the changes. It's another Sunday podcast. It's produced by Eric and Jerry. Music composed and performed by Tom Blaze. Check out Tom's YouTube channel at Tom Blaze. Once again, thanks for listening to this episode of It's Another Sunday Podcast. Until next week, thanks for listening.